0: This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by me. Hi, I'm Tim, the creator and facilitator of the New Evangelicals and host of the New Evangelicals podcast, Original, I Know. We are a Jesus-centered and inclusive community that holds space for the folks marginalized by the evangelical church, advocates for accountability in the church, and we help people like you leave that cold, dark, and damp basement of evangelical
1: fundamentalism behind to explore the rooms of the Christian tradition together. You can check out our podcast to hear from all kinds of amazing guests who are way smarter than me and even a few episodes where I get to rant to our podcast producer about how dangerous Christian
0: nationalism is. Ah, good times. Check us out anywhere you get your podcasts or slide into our DMs on Instagram at The New Evangelicals.
1: Thanks! Western Christianity has spent the last 2,000 years telling everyone they're separated from God.
0: This is not church with John and Nat Turney. Hello, hello, hello. All right, all right, all right. That was my British Matthew McConaughey. You like it? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Hello. Welcome back to the show, laddies and lassies. I don't know. I morphed into some other weird accent. And this is why I don't do voices. But yeah, welcome really. back to the podcast.
1: John, John immediately agrees. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, hey. I, I can't do them either. I can do... Uh, I can sound like someone who talks white trash, maybe. <laughs> I can do a little bit of I can do a little bit of redneck. But none of those are a real stretch that I'm thinking. Well, and then I I guess I guess Californians have an accent, but since I've lived here my whole life I don't hear it. But you know, we have other other states and other countries talk about our funny accent, so I guess. I don't I don't notice to me. We use we use words like like a lot.
0: Yeah. I mean I get a lot of I mean, back in the day when we were kids. There was that whole Valley Girl thing that was going yeah, on. Yeah, I never did that. And then there's that. Like that, there's that whole Fry voice where Rose was like, um, anyway, so I'm <laughs> just going to go to the mall. And I'll just like it's like I'll sound like supremely disinterested in everything. Well, um, then there's yeah, the the, the stoner
1: voice, right? The stoner voice with the stoner hey, laugh. <laughs> <laughs> the the marks was it? Was, I forget the guy's <laughs> first name, but
0: Spicoli from uh, Yeah, yeah, Fast exactly. Time's yeah. Hey dude, man, that's my pizza, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you you morph back into Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I, well, I think they're the same guy. If they ever did a remake of Fast Times. I mean, you know, Matthew McConaughey has got to play that guy. He's a little old now. Well, yeah. How much fun... And he'd be in high school. It'd be amazing. All right. That exactly. would be funny. Okay. So this is the this is the podcast, by the way, in case you clicked the play button and you were like, what the absolute fuck is going on here? <laughs> um, I thought this was a podcast and there's going to talk about Jesus and stuff. Um, <laughs> we might at any given time. We also might just rabbit trail into some nonsensical bullcrap and... uh Amuse ourselves. Really? That's what this is,
1: John. I know. Is. Yeah. That this is yeah. just like, this is just us amusing ourselves. We're just and, allowing and fully... people to join us on this journey of our buffoonery. Yes. Oh,
0: <laughs> new tagline for the podcast. Join us on our journey of buffoonery. runery, runery. It's got to have a lot of echo at the end. All right. So when we get into, uh, uh, we can start lay, like naming the episodes, you know, for the different parts of the journey. Yeah. of Buffoonery. So episode once, uh, the buffoonery commences in episode one. And uh, it's actually going to go for the whole time because we don't have a guest today. And so (laughs) do you remember going to uh, Cave Junction with the kids and, you know, everybody? So stick with me. This is interesting. So we go to these caves in Oregon. Hold on. We go on. If you if if I'm kind of a cave guy, I like exploring caves. Okay, exploring. I like to go to caves that have been explored. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: You're not a no, spelunker.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. This is me going into caves that have already been deemed to be pretty safe. I think they're fascinating. Um, but if you ever get a chance to go to the to, to cave junction, and go to the Oregon Caves, um, they're a little different because they're kind of small. They're not like Carlsbad Caverns that are enormous, right? And so John and I are there with our kids. And I think uh, my wife was there. I'm not sure if, if Greta was there. Yeah, she was there. Um, yep. Okay, Greta was there. And so we start going through this cave just preface the story with my wife doesn't like tight spaces. And so there is a place about, I don't know, maybe halfway through the tour. You remember this? Yeah. Where they're like, hey, this is your last chance to leave now. Unless, or otherwise you have to go to the end. And before the guy finished the sentence, Kim was sprinting for the exit. (laughs) And she was like, peace. I'll see y'all in
1: the coffee shop. I think they also. I think they also said this is the last place. And by the way, it gets narrower from here. <laughs> it gets narrower, and it gets worse. And this is your last chance
0: to get off. Why did I tell you that story? Because if you've clicked play, and you're wondering what the hell you stumbled into, this is your chance to get out.
1: Because <laughs> it's only going to get weirder and narrower from here. So. I thought for sure you were. Gonna, I thought you were going to go and talk about the park ranger guy.
0: Oh, I, I wish I had that. I have a video of him somewhere. Ranger Rick, remember him? Yep, Ranger, Ranger Rick. Rick. He was a weird dude, man. I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm a hundred percent sure. If that a news broadcast had you know come out any any time after this had happened, and they you know they nailed him as a serial killer, we we would have all been like, Yeah, yep. okay, yeah, yep. I saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, guy, that guy gave off like weird serial killer vibes, man. Like he
1: maybe goes home and dresses as a clown. And, well, uh, in that video you know, that you had, the funny part was like, you were trying to video him on the down low. So he yeah, didn't and he know. And, and he caught you. And you said, no, I'm just taking a picture. And he's like, are you videoing me? He's like, no, no. Like, and let's go deeper in the caves with Ranger Rick.
0: Oh my God. All right. This goes into the list of uh, a very long list, by the way, of just dumb things I've done. But anyway, uh, what we thought we would do today, John and I, by the way, I'm Nat. And uh John is the other guy on the other side. Say hi, John. Hi, John. All right, just in case we go one episode and don't pull that little shtick out. Right, yeah, exactly. We have to have some consistency. But anyway, what we, we thought we would do, since it is going to be a new year pretty soon, is we would just have our little year in review. We need theme music. A year in review. A year in review. I don't know about you, but it's been a hell of a year in review. Hey!
1: All of your, all uh, you used like the same like little catchy tune for everything.
0: bring that up. <laughs> no, no, because catching up with Keith is do,
1: do, do. do yeah, you're up. right. You're right. You're do, right. Do, I'm, do, do, I, I,
0: you're right. It's close. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to win any awards for creativity or originality. Everything I do is derivative. I was right? going to go down another rabbit trail, but we, maybe we should talk about the podcast. We should. So what we thought we would do is we would just talk about the year. Because <coughs> what a socket. Oh, my God. We're going into, I guess this means we're going into year three, calendar year. Yeah, calendar year. Yeah. I mean, the so first we year... we started in 2020. Right. One. 2021. In March. In so. March. So about a third of the way through the you know, yeah. the second quarter of, the, of that calendar year.
1: Yeah.
0: And we did an end of the year review year almost a year ago today. And really what we kind of focused in on that first re- year in review was just the utter shock <laughs> yeah, really. You know, well, we talked about, you know, how cool it was to actually get a chance to, um, like our guest list filled up really fast. We got a lot of people that actually agreed to come on the podcast, which was surprising. Right. Kind of talked about our growing pains, right? Yeah. Because there was a lot to learn. We didn't know what we were doing. And, and so there was a lot of that growth that happened in that first first season, I guess you could call it. But we had a blast. We had some really good stuff. So we want to talk about year two because we had a full calendar year 2022 to talk about. Yeah. A whole year's worth of a body of content that's out there. And I just, I I wanted to start off with one of the things that I'm the most proud of. And then we'll go from there. You ready for this? Sure, So go for it. When John and I first started, it was very, I don't want to say haphazard, because that's not not right. It wasn't that. But we didn't have a really well-conceived plan, right? Mm -hmm. We had a couple of friends who had podcasts and we were like, man, that's kind of cool. If we were going to do one, I'd do one like that right? I like the guest-driven interview style. I like having people on. I don't think people really want to hear what John and I have to say for a (laughs) full hour. So, and I just like talking to people. So there's, I think we found out pretty quickly that we're, I think we're fairly good at that, at talking to people and asking, I think, good questions and, um, and, you know, letting them say what they need to say and interjecting when necessary. But what we noticed after the first few, I don't know, I guess the first few episodes and then the first handful of bookings was man there were a lot of dudes on that yeah like we were booking a lot of dudes and not just dudes but white dudes right and 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 so john and i had a very serious conversation about man we have to do better like we it's not that we don't like white dudes we, hell we are white dudes <laughs> but there are more than enough places to hear the white dude perspective right and so we we really felt um convicted is my religious word of the day there you go convicted we felt, convicted. We felt challenged to be way more diverse than that. And in order to do that, we had to be very intentional. And so we started reaching out to a lot more women. We started reaching out to a lot more people in the LGBTQIA plus community, uh, reaching out to people of color, reaching out to people with diverse and different backgrounds. And what I found as I was going through our list of, of guests for 2022, we did a pretty good job. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Like I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to hurt myself patting myself on the back. <laughs> because the first one, two, three, four, five, six, about five or six guests of 2022 were either women or, or members of the LGBTQIA plus community. So, I mean, we kicked off and, and people of color as well. So uh, literally our first guest of 2022 was Shonda Ja. And if you don't know Shonda, get to know her. She's amazing. And now she's so cool that Heritage Happy Hour has in, has has pulled her in as a co-host of their podcast. And so there's that. And,
1: and she has a, other podcasts. Uh, I, and forgive me is if I not still, remember the is name. she doing the one about The Last Airbender? I believe so, yeah. Uh, so, and, yeah. It, and it's really cool because what she's doing is she's uh, she's bringing in people of color and getting their perspective on on the show. So I think that's yeah. a really cool take on how you can talk about that show. Because I think, you know, different cultures, different people, people with different backgrounds view things differently, right? And and it's cool to get their perspective, specifically since, you know, as much as we like to pretend like this is, that's a show about a bunch of white people, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) This is so bad. We've even co-opted Japan, you know, Japanese animation. Well, I mean, the the (laughs) movie, the movie they made out of it basically did that, right? I mean, it was just, It's like, well, first of all, yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. I I never saw it. It's not my
0: thing. It's, it's, you know, anime and it's not just anime. It's uh,
1: manga or manga.
0: manga. Thank you. God, I I don't want to use the wrong term, but, you know, but that's, I mean, more power to you. That's your thing. Um, There's lots of things that I'm into that I'm sure people are like, yeah, but why? Why why would you do that? So, (laughs) but, you know, we kicked off 2022 with Shonda, went straight into Sarah Cunningham's uh, Susan Cottrell, Lisa Sharon Harbour. We liked her so much. She was on twice. Because we we realized after a, an entire conversation we hadn't really talked about her book. We right, just got Yeah. So engrossed in a conversation that was so good, we're like, you know what? We could you come back on and actually talk about the book? Yeah, really. Because that would be <laughs> great. So, uh, Alexander John Shia, and then a couple a couple of dudes. You know, n- nothing against the dudes, but right. and then we kicked off like two episodes with, with Diana Bass, Carolyn Whitney Brown. I mean, Doctor Robin Espinoza, or who has since transitioned and is now Roberta Chea Espinoza. Ellen Compton, Amy Courts. I mean, really, dude, like the first half of 2022 seems like we, we hit our goal of let's see how many people of color, how many, how many female voices, how many people in the LGBTQIA plus community we could get on. And you know what? And correct me if I'm wrong, John, but the other part of that for me was, was, was selfish. I need those perspectives. Yeah. Cause that's not my normal day to day. Right. You know, I don't live in those communities i don't uh, haven't experienced life that the way that they have, and if I'm to be more genuinely human and hopefully more genuinely empathetic, I have to have those perspectives I have to know what I have to hear from those people, and that helps us learn how to empathize it also helps us learn how to how to talk about the uh, the subjects and issues that are important to those communities without just inserting our own perspectives into it and going, well why don't you do this and why don't you do that? well you know that it's not my job to 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 tell those communities how to effect change it's my job I think to offer myself as a as 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 an ally I absolutely will offer myself as an ally, but in order to do that, I have to know what the hell i'm talking about and so anyway I, I thought that was great and and what's even cooler is um within those um with within those uh guests that we had on are, is a huge spectrum of perspectives and ideologies everyone who from people who are still kind of staunchly in evangelical church world to people who have left the whole damn thing behind, people who are, you know, advocating for change from within, people who are um who have just moved on completely. Yeah, people like Carolyn Whitney Brown, who it was finishing a book by a phenomenal Christian thinker, Henry Nowen. Anyway, that, that, that's, that's what I'm, that's what 22 surprised me. I didn't realize it because as we were going through it, we were just kind of in the midst of it. Right. But I went back to, to sort of take a look at the episodes over the last year. I'm like, holy crap. Okay. All right. Good job. This is not church podcast. (laughs) You said you wanted to be this. And, and I think we did a pretty darn good job. Can we do better? Sure. I mean, there's all, there's, there's, there's (laughs) nowhere near enough indigenous voices. Help us find them. And and we would love, we would love to, you know, there are people and perspectives that I'm sure we have not um, had a chance to talk to. But anyway, that was my
1: surprise for 2022. What about you, man? Well, I mean, just to kind of coattail on what you're saying is our acknowledgement that we do have privilege that as white, middle-aged, cisgender males, we have, we're, we're on the top of the food chain when it comes to privilege. Oh, yeah. And you can either use that privilege to better yourself only. Or you can use that privilege to help give voice to people who uh, maybe in other situations don't have a voice. So, I, you know, if I was to pat myself on the back or anything, I was like, that's that's something we've done. We've acknowledged, you know, first of all, we have to acknowledge that we have that privilege and not get mad about it, you know, because it's super easy to say, well, yeah, but I still work really hard to get what I have. And we've, you know, You don't over, know what I've
0: suffered, man. Yeah,
1: I was poor too. We didn't, I didn't get all the, the cool toys either, But, you know, and we could, we could talk about, you know, some of the shifts and where, where we started realizing that's not what they're talking about when they talk about privilege. Right. It's this, you know, your starting line is, you know, a whole football field ahead of everybody else for a hundred yard dash. That's, that's what they're talking about. It's not, it's not that we haven't also had hard times. It's not that I also, you know, was raised in a family with not a lot of money. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't able to get grants so I could go to college on the cheap, right? It wasn't, that's not what they're talking about. So what I think and what I would pat ourselves on the back for is that we did do that and, and we did it with no agenda in the sense that, yes, we were intentional on bringing these people on the podcast, but there was no agenda on our end on what they had to say. No, not and at all. so we decided way in the beginning that we really didn't like canned questions. Obviously, if someone had them, we would ask them. Um, but we intentionally came into all these interviews with no idea where we wanted wanted it to go. No direction, right? Yeah, just let the And we just kind of let the guests guide us where they wanted to go. Yeah. And uh I think that's what has allowed people to really connect and understand and really... Love what's going on because they get to hear these people's stories without us interjecting. I mean, obviously we do interject, but we we're not we are not guiding the conversation. The, the guests are guiding the conversation. We take it wherever they want. Well, and that means
0: that we get to do that and be non confrontational. I'm not interested in confrontation. You know, not, I won't. I don't run from it. and I'm not avoiding. No, it. no. And there have been guests who've said stuff that we've pushed back on, but the purpose of the podcast is not to be argumentative. A good example is the. The one we did with with Allison, who yeah. is LDS, and I'm not. Right, I have big problems. <laughs> I've got big problems with the LDS church, but no bigger than I have with the Catholic Church or the Orthodox Church or the Fundamentalist Protestant. You know, the point wasn't to wasn't to to get into the weeds of the theology. It was interesting to see somebody doing some sort of deconstruction work that wasn't a Fundamentalist right. Christian. Right. Okay. How do you tackle that inside of that system? Because they're they. Uh, LDS folks, Mormons, can be every bit as fundamentalist as everybody else. But there's also um, a spectrum inside of that organization. That to me was fascinating. I, I, I loved, I loved the fact that I didn't know that until we had her on. All yeah. I knew was she was a, a client of Meg Calvin, who we love. And if Meg says we should talk to her, then hell, we're going to talk to her. And that that little tidbit came out almost accidentally, just because some of the words she used. Yeah, you know, and, there was some language. I'm like, I'm picking up on some. I think she, and then I think at some point she mentioned, mentioned the LDS church and I I had thought maybe she had left the LDS church. Right. That would have been an interesting story. It was way more interesting that she had not left and that she was doing her questioning and her pushing from inside of that organization. Yeah, I was a, that was a,
1: I love that episode. Yeah, for me it was, uh, with that episode, it was, I, you know, read the book and there were a couple phrases that sounded different to me. You know, not wow. being raised in a Mormon church, being raised in an evangelical Christian church, they weren't so off that I knew what what it was. But there was a couple there were a couple phrases that got used kind of few times in the book, and I'm just like, hmm. "That's an interesting way to say that." And then when she when she basically mentioned that she was LDS, I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes yeah, sense." Well, that okay, to click into place, things right? like to click in, and yeah, and and the first thing to do or. Could easily be oh well let's let's talk about how bad the Mormon Church is and how crazy they are like like the Evangelical Church doesn't like (laughs) like hold the corner on crazy right but instead it was like hey let's let's delve into this for a minute and and we I think we talked a couple times like we're not making you the poster child for for the Mormon Church but you know this is this is interesting let's talk about this for a minute and uh, she was very open to it and uh, it was a learning. Learning experience for me, I'm assuming for you as well, and I'm hopefully for the listeners too. And what it, what it did for, you know, again for me is like, it's like, damn it, we just have so much more in common than we have differences when we talk to people of different, and I don't want to say different faiths because they are within the Christian faith. I don't want to make it sound like. Yeah, well, you and I were raised to think otherwise. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the, that's part of that language, right? That I'm trying to, to.
0: Like make a conscious choice to temper what I think I know about the Mormon Church, right? Based upon all the antagonistic right propaganda we had received growing up, and so I, 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 you know, I just I tried to put that aside to the best of my ability because most of what you and I had learned about the, that church was, and again, big issues with the church as a as an organization as a structure. I have the same pushback against them that I have against every other enormous organization that that is too authoritarian that
1: is too controlling of people's lives yeah, I I like any it. system within church or it doesn't even have to be church it could be you know any other system but any system that has built itself around secrecy and privacy right right when once once you get into the upper echelon of whatever uh, where they uh, you only certain people can get into the inter sanctum uh, I my the red flags go up for me anyway and that could be yeah. in the church that could be in politics that could be in you know you know, these crazy private clubs that supposedly exist around this country, which it is, one, is in, one in Santa Rosa. I always forget the name of it, though. The Bohemian, Bohemian Club, Bohemian Grove. But anyway, I right, go down another rabbit hole.
0: Yeah. So that was good cool. on I us. Mean, good on good. us. <laughs> <laughs> we can start out by saying, Hey, I think we did a pretty good job.
1: Uh, 52 weeks, but, uh, we had more than 52 episodes because we did, uh, at least two, uh, we did a couple bonus say, episodes. Yeah, we did. So we had um, Lisa Sharon Harper on for uh, like a Monday and a Wednesday, and then Diana Butler Bass a, a Monday and a Wednesday, right? And I think there was another one in there somewhere too, but I, I don't remember off the top of my head right now. But yeah, I mean it, it's it, it's an interesting group. As I'm going through the list, I'm going, man, there's
0: some there's a very diverse group of people. I mean, you can go you can go back and look at the at the people who really aren't, you know, I wouldn't put them in the you know, they're Christian authors. So, you know, they're not trying to write necessarily that vein. Someone like Will Jawando, who is, you know, writing a book about his experience as a black man in America. Yeah, there's spiritual undertones to everything because he's a spiritual man, but he's a politician and he's an activist. And that's a little bit different than our our normal, you know, somebody writing a book about deconstruction or somebody writing a book, you know, say like a Brad Jursak or a... Who, who uh, uh, say Brian McLaren or somebody like that? Who's writing from inside, even if it's on the margins of, they're still writing from inside that Christian tradition, right? Yeah. So there were some, there were some interesting folks that that I thought were that were fascinating to talk to. But and then I mean, you know, across the age spectrum, from these young brilliant people in their twenties, those little boogers who are just so <laughs> far ahead of the curve, and they're getting their PhDs, and they're like, "What are you doing? How are you so with it?" All the way up to a guy like John Dominic Crossan. He's been doing this forever and he's 80 years old and he's still yeah. like pumping out books like they're, you know, like they're nothing. And so I got to talk to, I, I, I got to talk to a couple of guys that I would put in my sort of hero category this last year. And John Dominic Crossan is, is absolutely one. And then obviously um, Brian McLaren was another. So getting a chance to, to to pick their brains and talk to them. John Dominic Crossan's episode about his book, Render into Caesar, was just revelatory. I mean, just it just took it. and and then to find out on top of it that they're genuinely pretty nice people. I like that. Yeah, but, and I mean,
1: I I guess we're just I, I'm gonna say that we've just been lucky, right? Um uh first of all, I think anyone who's reaching out to a podcast or, or agreeing to come on a podcast, for the most part, I think, are gonna be wanting to talk about something. But I every single person we talked to was genuinely a very nice person. Um, uh, some of them I would consider friends now, right? We we got to talk and we ended up talking offline, and we connected, you know, through Facebook or whatever, and you know, now comment on, you know, chat a little bit back and forth on a fairly regular basis. And people that, you know, if it wasn't for this podcast, I would have never met. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, that's another big. I mean, plus for me, it's just a friend circle that's growing and including people who are you know willing to ask hard questions. And wanting to talk about how we can be, become better human beings and work together to become a better a species. Uh, I mean, we had, you know, someone is like, uh, Katie Walter Anthony, right? Uh, I believe, did I get her right, name right? Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, with the, uh, talking about the, yeah, talking about, you know, the, the emissions. What's the, what's the methane, methane emissions yeah, talking within about climate change? change. And, And, and she brought a, uh, a Christian perspective to that, right? Which I think a lot of us, you know, a lot of people kind of cringe at when they're like, oh, the scientist is a Christian. I mean, I mean, how serious do they take their, their, their work then? Because they, don't they just think that God's going to take care of everything? And I thought she did a really good job of marrying the two and uh, being willing to talk about climate change and how this, how these emissions are increasing and and the, and the potential dangers of what could happen, right? But at the same time, talking about faith. So I thought that was really cool. So we're we're more about halfway up, halfway through this episode, right? I, did was, you, I did you want to drop a bomb halfway through? No, I was. Uh, I was just trying to figure out where we are. In, oh, uh, where
0: where well. we are is in the ether somewhere. Yeah. Um, about to make a big announcement. Yeah. John, right. I'm, I am not <laughs> quitting the podcast. There we go. Boom. All right. There boom, it is. Um. Well, I mean, we. You can fire me if you want to, but. Yeah, like you're like fire me. It. I don't. I don't get paid. What am I getting fired for? Ooh, think of all the. Uh, uh, I, that, okay, so if we talk about things that have surprised us too, uh, how much I've enjoyed this has been. A I kind of did this, and you know this. I mean, this was this was your vision and your your thing, and and I was like, okay, sure. I, I, you know, I wasn't unexcited about it, but it wasn't something that I had like some kind of fire burning in my belly. It's, I need to have a podcast, and I'm just I'm just pleasantly surprised at how much fun it is. Like yeah. it's, it's just good. You know, there is an announcement that we can make and it's not, I mean, it's, it's an announcement that's happened a while back, but one of the things that happened in 2022 was that our friends Matt DeStefano and Keith Giles purchased choir publishing. Right. So they are now the owners of that publishing house and are taking it to the next level, which I think is amazing. If you have been a, a follower of the podcast at all, you know, we have um, a good relationship with choir. John is already a published author with Choir through uh, Farrington Deconstructed. I have signed my contract and we're actually in type, typesetting mode for my book that's coming out sometime next year. Uh, but we've had a ton of Choir authors on as guests. right? right? And so out of that, I think Matt Stefano was the one who pushed for a, a podcast network. And we had been talking about this for months before it happened. Um, he right. reached out to us months ago and said, hey, if we did this, would you be interested? And we're like, absolutely. Yeah, hell yes. So that has happened and has been launched. So now we, we have Choircast uh, podcast network, which includes us, Heretic Happy Hour, Apostates Anonymous, or Apostates Anonymous Ideas Digest, and one other that just signed on.
1: Did you say Messy Spirituality? Oh, I'm sorry, Messy Spirituality. Sorry, Jason. And then uh, I did not mean to leave you out, dude. And then the new evangelicals, new evangelicals. So that's, that's the one that just signed so, on. So and
0: and Matt and Keith are actively looking for. For more folks to bring into the fold, and and more in different and divergent voices, so it's awesome. Uh, ideas digest, aren't they? They're they're Australian or New Zealand or I think they're Australian. Uh, I'm going to say Australian, and if uh, we find okay, out, either they're... Aussies or Kiwis, right? Um, and I'm going to offend a whole lot of people and say, eh, what's the difference?
1: <laughs> so okay, I'll I'll, I'll tell uh, you know because we've always heard this right that Aussies <laughs> and Kiwis don't get along, right? Yeah. and I always figured this is this is like. Whatever, and then so uh, our, our our parents have a friend named Roz who lives in Australia, right, right? And and she invited Greta and I and the kids to come visit, which unfortunately we have not done, but I hope to do sometime in the future. And she's like, "Yeah, you can come stay with us. We'll take you around, show you the sights." And I was like, "Hey, yeah, and if if possible, I'd like to go over to New Zealand." And she's like, "You can go. <laughs> We're not going." I'm like, "What?" She's, "We don't go there." I'm like, oh, so this thing is real. She's like, absolutely real. I'm like, okay, wow. so so I, I, we need to get on with our Aussie friends
0: and our or our or our Kiwi friends and find out um, what what's the what's the origin of that rift yeah. between the Aussies and the Kiwis. Uh, I, I've always just sort of considered New Zealand as like
1: Australia without all the things that kill you. <laughs> yeah, doesn't like every animal in Australia. Have the ability to kill you? Yeah, Even a, there's, like the a koala and I, bear. And I I think, I don't think there's a venomous or poisonous, there's
0: not a venomous animal on the island of Zeal. I think they sent them all to Australia. That's why they're pissed off. <laughs> That's why they're mad. And there Australia we has all these, like, holy crap, they got the funnel spiders and they've got all, I mean, there's just, they yeah. got kangaroos that'll just beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <to> <laughs> assault you in the streets. <laughs> Koalas <laughs> are vicious. They'll the <laughs> bamboo right off you, man. <laughs> uh, no, they don't eat bamboo, those are pandas. Uh they eat eucalyptus. My bad. Um <laughs> what what are the other? So anyway, uh but all of that is to say, get back to the original point, which was uh that that network is expanding. We're just we're super happy about that. We're happy for Keith and Matt and uh excited to see what happens to choir as it continues to grow. Yeah. It seems like every book they put out lately makes an appearance in the in the top ten list on Amazon
1: yeah. for some categories. So I think, the, I think the work they're doing is pretty darn good. There will be some uh, news coming up that uh, we can't talk about, so we can we can tell you that to look forward to the upcoming year. It. Oh, okay. I'll just whisper it. To they won't hear. it. Really soft, they won't know. I don't even uh, know. tell me offline. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, no, you know, you know. What? Uh, yeah, you do. Okay. But uh, it's 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 some interesting stuff. It's it's stuff with choir, and it's stuff that it's it's gonna it's really gonna kind of broaden their connection to the world and stuff, and just. The whole interweb thing. So, but yeah, there will be some, some new news coming out, uh, hopefully sometime in 2023. Did you say interweb? I did. The Inter- interweb. <laughs> oh, the worldwide interweb. Yeah. Who'd have thunk? Who'd thunk? But, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to gloss over that. Uh, the Nat said he has a book coming out because I've already had the opportunity to read it and it's an amazing book and everybody out there is going to really, really want to get it. I'm not, and I'm not. Bias? Well, yes, I am. But well, you're uh, gonna have you're gonna want to buy ten copies each. Yes,
0: ten copies each. Um, because uh, I am planning a Caribbean cruise next <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> and I really could use your financial support. So if you want to sow into my ministry, um, <laughs> and you want to guarantee that God will bless your endeavors, yeah, don't do that. But anyway, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited about. It. I, I'm a little. It's daunting because uh, I know that there's a lot of stuff once we get past the. The typesetting phase, which I think Matt told me a couple of weeks ago that mine was the next to start on that part of it. So we get to the mechanics of it. <laughs> Excuse me. Then we'll start on the more creative side of, of you know, designing a cover and having to. And then, and then the work really starts. You have to put together a launch team. So if you're a listener to the podcast, I will probably launch my launch team through the. This is not church private group. Um, that makes the most sense to me. There's already several hundred people there that are engaged. So. Be watching, be watching out for your opportunity to jump in on a launch team, get an advanced copy of the book to read, promise me your firstborn child, and to <laughs> buy several copies of the book and write glowing reviews. on. You know, it, it, that's just part of the marketing process. That, that's all coming up. So right now, I'm just kind of in wait mode to see when that's going to happen. But yeah, it's exciting, man. And then I did, um, I have agreed to write a chapter for, for another
1: upcoming book of Matt Stefano's. that John's already written his chapter for. So hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, we can get that book done in twenty twenty three too. Because I think everyone, well, yeah. I don't want to say what it's about because yeah. Matt hasn't yet said what it's about or right. made any public declarations about it. But suffice it fun to, to write. say,
0: it will be different. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there'll be anything. There, the, Matt's always got that way of finding something that's just like, oh, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Okay, so there's a there's there's some cool stuff coming. So and then. You know, some of the writing projects that, that hopefully John and I will kick off in the next year. But, you know, as time permits and as, you know, jobs and children and grandchildren permit
1: and all the other stuff that's happening in our yeah. lives. So, you know that's the other thing that happened for you. You are grandfather third well, time the, around.
0: Well, the third time. Yeah, he, the little booger all, uh, showed up on December 16th and proceeded to scare the hell out of everybody. So that was fun. He was, he was fairly premature and we knew that he would be. And then he spent about a week
1: in the hospital. So how how premature? I mean I, I don't think I even know this. He was uh almost a month premature. Oh okay. I yeah. I figured because it was almost was it almost planned? It it was it was, it-, it was 100% planned, but because
0: Elena's so my daughter's health is pretty tenuous. She has issues with her she has respiratory issues. And so the doctor didn't want her to go to full term for her health. Got it. So the larger that baby got, the the more difficult her her breathing was getting, obviously they take up space inside your body and, you know. Right. So anyway, so they kind of made a plan like, hey, well, let's get him past this, you know, this, this many weeks of gestation. We'll feel pretty good that he's going to be solid, you know. And uh, so they just made it, they made a choice. And uh, so he was uh, not super, super small, but not big. He was almost six pounds or around six pounds, but they noticed some fluid on his lungs when he was first born. And so they immediately took him to the NICU, put some breathing apparatus on him, and then just proceeded to watch him for a couple of days. And so it was was hard on Elena because she's, you know, she's, and any mother who's carried children knows this. Like the second you've had that baby, what do you want? You want that baby in your arms, in your now. And she couldn't even see him for several hours. But, and then a couple of days later, they airlifted him to a children's hospital in Fort Worth so they could get a little bit better care. And, uh, we came home on Christmas Eve. So, you know, all, all is well, you know, there were, it, it, it's an, it's an interesting, it's an interesting place to be, you know, because on the one hand, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, but there's some perspective there as we're sitting in the, the, the NICU of the children's hospital, looking at families who have been in that hospital for months and who aren't going home anytime soon, um, yeah, whose it's, babies it's, are really struggling and who are you know, have a friend of mine right now named Rita, and her grand her her, her latest her latest grandchild um, has been in the hospital for a month. He was born at wow. twenty six weeks, and wow. uh, he was teeny tiny. And they just, I think, last maybe a couple of days ago, were able to hold him for the first time. So you know, as as difficult as all this was, it was like okay, right. kept having to you know have to be that guy with my daughter going, okay, I know this stinks, and you're entitled you know to all of that, but you're
1: not going through that. Yeah. I mean, it's for good or for bad, you know, you and I both have this perspective, right? So the first thing would be because of issues with our, you know, with, with our children and being, you know, sitting in ICUs, the last thing we would want for any of our kids is to have a kid in the ICU. Right. It's, it's because, yeah, it's terrible. you know, unfortunately, we have that perspective, right? Uh, my wife and I also had the same kind of, for lack of a better phrase, come to Jesus moment. When we look, were looking around us and we're like, okay, that family's not coming home with their child. That family is going to be in here for six months and we're in here for about a week and then we get to go home. And yes, that week was tough. Yeah. And hard. Right. Well, the stuff and we did you, it. Yeah. And, and we did it multiple times. It wasn't just like a one and done. We did this six times. And each time you came with the risk of you know this could be the one that doesn't work, right? And uh, but you know we're sitting we're sitting next to a, a kid in the ICU who had, who had tried to take her own life, and uh, now they're like looking for a new liver, and uh, if they can't find a liver for this child, the child might not come out of the hospital, you know. Honestly, you know, now looking back, I think one and I don't I I actually have to ask my wife about this. I actually think that we were sitting next to someone on an ECMO machine, actually. Oh wow. Because uh or something very, very similar that was pulling all the blood out. And so there was you can you can tell me if this sounds right. Uh there was a doc or a nurse that her job was basically to sit and watch the, the Yeah, it's called the a, tubes. Per, a perfusionist. And they were looking for air in the line, right? Mm-hmm. Constantly. Uh yeah, so that was literally someone, and that was their job. They were sitting at the side of the bed, or at the end, I think, actually. Yep. I don't remember so exactly. That machine, that, and, that machine would sit at the end of the bed. There's one yeah. highly trained
0: nurse whose job it is to watch that machine, and they would come in at all hours of the day and night. In the middle of the night, they would come in with a flashlight. Yeah. And they would run that flashlight up and down the tubes because they're clear cannulas that carry the blood to and from the body. Yeah. and uh, And she was constantly... Uh, Elena was on that machine for months. Extracorporeal membrane oxygenization is what it stands for. And literally they take all the blood out of your body, scrub all the CO2 out, oxygenate it, send it back to your body, basically take it in the place of your lungs. Right. And then they, when they first started using that machine, they they used it for like a heart and lung bypass because uh, you could be, you know, operating on somebody's heart and lungs while the machine's doing that. But they found out that with people with like sudden acute um respiratory failure they could put them on this machine for a, 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 hopefully a short amount of time give their body a chance to heal and and then not have to have them on such high level of life support um so anyway yeah it's it's an interest, it's but elena was also hyper hypercoagulative so we didn't know that until she goes so um her, meaning that for whatever reason her blood coagulates at, at an extraordinary rate, and so she gets <laughs> there's a there's a there's a little spinning fan kind of thing in the middle of this thing is called it's the circuit it's the heart and, it's the heart of the heart machine, and she, it kept clogging up. Oh wow! With this super coagulated blood, and they would just have to so they replaced her machine like twelve or thirteen times while she was in it, and every single one of those was having to take
1: her off of it for a minute. Oh, it was anyway. Yeah, heartbreaking. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, just all that to say that you and I and other people were not singular in this. But you know, having that perspective and then watching your own child go through something like that, it's it's heart wrenching. But at the same time, you have a perspective where you can say, "Hey, I know this sucks and it's tough, but you know, as a family, as a unit, we're going to get through this."
0: Yeah, it 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 really it it amps up your empathy. You know. Yeah, was partic- absolutely. My wife was particularly good at this in the hospital. She got really, really attuned to people who were who were suffering. Like she could just see yeah. it on their face. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Like 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 that kind of someone suffering recognizes somebody else's suffering pretty easily. And yeah. so she was um, she tried to turn a lot of her energies
1: towards being encouraging to the other people in the hospital. You know, there were people coming in and out all the time. And uh, right, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, where I noticed that was in the cafeteria. Yeah, for sure. It was like for some reason it was almost like even more so than say like the uh I know most most hospitals have a place where you can go pray. I don't um, Yeah, chapel. Yeah, yeah, chapel, thank you. Uh but I don't know. It almost like the the cafeteria was your place to to get you had permission to kind of like show your true face. Well, in the up in the halls of the hospital, you got to be brave, man. I mean you,
0: you, you, you put on that persona for the person you're caring for. Right. You know, and then you walk out the door and you fall apart.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Are you So that was that was where, you know, Grant and I would like it weren't a lot of words. It was just a lot of staring. Yeah. But a lot of like, like looking around like knowing looks like between people, right? Did you
0: get Oh that? yeah, yeah. Where you look yep. across and kinda
1: of go, you make eye contact and go, Yeah, I know. Well, because not only did you see him in the cafeteria, you saw him in the you saw him in the halls, you saw him in the room, you saw him sitting next to a child and then you're you know, so over days, you start to recognize the people who are there for a while, right? That they haven't come and they haven't come and gone in a day, right? And then you start recognizing the ones that are there long term, and then you're like, oh, okay. And then yeah, it's like just like a little nod, like yeah, um, hope, you know. It's almost like you're like, hope today is better for you. Yeah, yeah. You know? But anyway, I don't want to make this whole thing negative. <laughs> you know, I actually, I mean, I actually wrote a little bit
0: about that in the book because that that whole fiasco for us happened like in the beginning of my deconstruction. And so I'm already like, I'm already tearing some stuff down. And I was in a place at that moment where I'm like, I don't know what I think about these things. And really top of the list was, I don't know what to think about prayer. And at that point, I don't even know how to do it. I don't know, I'm not even sure that it's, that it's worthwhile to do it. And so I had some very honest conversations with God that were borderline profane. <laughs> it sounded more like, "What the fuck are you doing?" You know, and and it, and it did kind of put some of the final nails in the coffin of, of some of the, you know, prosperity gospel, word of faith guys, the name it and claim it dudes. Who were just like, "Well, if you just have enough faith and you just proclaim what you well, the, well, okay, tell that to the people suffering in the hospital, losing children. Yeah, tell that right. to the people who are bearing loved ones. I mean, it, it's a it's 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 tired, you know. And so, I don't recommend. Deconstructing in the middle of a crisis, but we were already well on the way through the deconstruction when the crises happened but but there was i don't know i guess there there was some peace found in in my i guess my understanding of suffering now is more more along the lines of 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 that co suffering love of God you know like I don't feel i, I feel like I fall more on line with like a guy like Thomas Ord. Or Mark Harris, who like I don't, I don't see the intervening hand of God, you know, taking, you know, jumping into human affairs, but I do sense the presence of God through all of that. And so, and I'm sure that's that's, and that's still something that if you if you ask me today, what I'm the most unsure of, it's that whole thing because there's no way to be sure of, it. you know, I can I can I can find places of theological not certainty, but you know what I mean? I can argue a theological point. I can because they're 'cause they're all very
1: hypothetical anyway. Well and then on top of that, there you know, there's, you know, I'm not talking about anything on like, the televangelist shows or anything like that. But there's there's some pretty well documented cases where people have miraculously recovered sure. from something, Absolutely. right? And is it because of prayer, is it because God chose to intervene, or is it because something scientifically worked better for that person? Because of something in their genetics. And because we don't know, we don't know, right? But yeah, I mean, um, and I think both sides uh, have a problem with, you know, with issues that they think they have the answer to, right? And so anyone else who comes up with a different option of how that might have worked is just, it's just not true.
0: Yeah. I was, I mean, I I don't, and I, and I, listen, I never want to be in a position to poo poo somebody's faith, right? Um, Right. Or to, Cast aspersions on their life experiences. I have lots of people who have experienced stuff. They will swear to it to the day they die. Okay, that's great. I, I'm not. I'm not here to poke holes in that. And I, you know, I firmly. I, I mean, I've seen stuff. I've seen stuff I thought was miraculous, and maybe it was. My only issue with that, and I'm sure, I, I'm sure the Mark Harris's of the world and the Thomas J. Ord's of the world would would agree that that still leaves a problem
1: because that that puts God into the arbitrary category. Right, it turns God into a monster because then God gets to pick and choose who who gets healed and who doesn't. Right, and so then then God is no better than a dictator in a country that chooses to kill off millions of people. I'll give you a good example. I was watching. I'm was, I was scrolling through Facebook today, and I, <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even
0: catch the person's name because it was just it was so egregious. It was so bad, but it was just guy on. Like on some Christian TV show, and he's it's a split panel. One guy's interviewing, the other guy's talking. And he's like, you know, when you walk in, when you walk around, and you walk around with an angel with you that can tell if you're a tither. Oh, jeez. And, and, like, <laughs> oh, so and the guy, the guy next to him's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, so you walk into that tire store, and, and and that angel's like, man, that's tithe money that's coming in. That's circumcised money. He called it. Uh, apparently, oh, we're, cutting the tip, we're cutting the tip off our money now. So you come, in, you come in that tire store with your circumcised money with your tithe money and you know maybe that guy goes in the back to find you a set of tires and he, and he reaches up for a tire for your car and he he feels and there's oh there's a blemish in that tire he doesn't know why he noticed it he doesn't know he just knows he skips to the next one and he gives you that one because that other one was going to blow it on the highway and kill you because you bought it with tithe money with circum. I'm like first of all that's lunacy alright right. just on his come on people Seriously. Second of all, um, to hell with the person who bought the tire that was messed up because they weren't they weren't using that ties, uh, that circumcised money. See, when you only give ninety <laughs> percent, I don't even know how to. I'm not even sure. I have to hear huh. more about his concept of circumcised money. Um, <laughs> I did feel like I should go into my wallet and just start taking scissors to ten percent of each of you. Know, my, hey, this is this here is what's why is this bill short? It's been there. You go. It's been circumcised. that's a good
1: idea. No, let's start yeah. They 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 want ten you tied ten percent. But you only cut ten percent of the bill off and send it in. Your bill's your bill's still good. Theirs is shitty. Every time okay, here's what's gonna happen, John,
0: from now on, and I don't know when I'll ever darken the doorstep of a church again, but if I ever do, I'm gonna put money in the offering plate, but I'm only putting ten percent of it in there. Right. It's just gonna be the
1: end. Yeah, I'm going to circumcise this money right here for you. <laughs> if, if that if that church is faithful and true, it they should can, somehow turn that money into real money, right? So that's it. I'm cutting 10% off all my bills and I'm sending it to a church. That's how I'm going to tie from right. now on. Make sure you put this in the title of the of the of the episode.
0: The year in review, circumcised money and other weird crap. So, I, I don't know. I just I, that struck me as I mean I watched it twice because I'm like surely this is a joke and then yeah and then crazy. it was like no it's not and stop calling me Shirley. <laughs> ah, that's good I put my I put my jokes in airplane mode you did <laughs>
1: <laughs> now if you got that if you got that joke then you're old you're like our guys. kind of people and you're old like we are
0: <laughs> and it was bad but yeah so Maybe we should do that. We'll do an episode or two one day when we'll just find something like really, really lunis you know, just like lunatic fringe on, on the interwebs and go, Hey, y'all, check this out.
1: Sadly it's not gonna be that hard to find. We'll call it the hold my beer episodes. Hold my beer, I like yeah, it. Yeah, like
0: you couldn't find nothing crazier than that.
1: <laughs> hold my beer. Check it. Oh, uh, you're you're on to something. I think so. So yeah, we're, you're we're doing that. That down, right? Hold my beer. I just I literally just wrote it down. <laughs> So yeah. Well that, that's a that's a good segue into I think kind of the final part of this year in view, and that is, you know, what are what what do you see as our challenges and uh expectations for the upcoming year? Because I got I got a couple. Okay. And I'd like to hear your perspective too.
0: Um the challenge the challenge as I see it is well it's 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 all it's difficult to keep coming up with interesting content, although there's no shortage of interesting people who are who are doing cool things. I think we benefited in the beginning from just having so much to choose from. It's like, so we just shotgunned invitation after invitation, probably dozens, if not hundreds of invitations out. And so for a little while, we were, man, we were just sitting in the catbird seat. Uh, we had right. episodes that had been recorded. We had episodes ready to release. We were probably three months out on lots of yeah. stuff. Uh, now we're to the point. Now, now part of that has been complicated by me um, having to go back to work and my time becoming more limited. So and then obviously we've had a couple little you know, um having the premature baby airlifted to uh to Fort Worth cost us two interviews. So that have now have to be rescheduled. But I think I, I think the interesting thing and maybe are if you're listening and you are part of our Facebook group, I mean we should put this as a as a as a question to the group out there, but maybe may be, be maybe be Maybe be. Maybe 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 be we may be we be, may be, may be. I think it would be interesting in 2023 to diversify a little bit and start doing some, some other episodes that aren't just interviews of, of people.
1: Maybe that are right. more content. And, and, you know, and, and we had talked about that. Um and matter of fact, our, our private Facebook group, some people in there asked, you know, it was like, hey, why don't you guys just do an episode every once in a while of just you guys? Um, and I think you and I both, our first response is like, no one, no one wants to hear us.
0: Well, and I think the I numbers mean, bear
1: that out. <laughs> but I, I I think it uh, honestly as we move into this where like you said we, we had a, a plethora right of oh, people yeah. that we could reach out to and it's not like we still don't no no we still do for sure but it has become a little bit not I don't I say difficult it's just where we were recording multiple episodes a week to you know kind of sandbag and have some stuff you know in the in the in the works because of work and different things uh, that just hasn't worked. So to fill in those gaps, I, I I kind of agree that maybe we should do some of those episodes and, and, and put them like and have them be kind of topic-driven. And I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good challenge. Uh, for me, for me, one of the biggest challenges, I think, well, it's kind of twofold. And you mentioned it a little bit earlier, is uh, reaching out to Indigenous people. Uh, we haven't done that much. And I think as we step into each one of these ideas, right, and reaching out to people who don't look like us, right, and have different backgrounds than us, There's a, and rightly so, don't, I I don't take this as a negative. There's, there's a hurdle we have to get over. And that is why the hell should they trust two old white guys? Yeah, right. For sure. So we saw that, you know, when we were reaching out to women, a little bit of hesitancy about wanting to come on a podcast with two guys who look like us, you know, and questioning what, you know, what's, what's our agenda here? I'll always come back to the conversation we had with Christina Cleveland. And unfortunately we had this off. Off the air, not before recording, because I had read her book and I was like, "Wow, it was a really, bu- really good book. I, I absolutely loved it." It was a little hard to get through. She's like, "It wasn't written for you." Yeah, exactly. You know, and two years ago, I would have been like, "What the hell are you talking about?" But now I was like, "No, no, you're right. It wasn't. It wasn't written for me." Yeah, and and, and the beautiful thing is that doesn't mean you can't
0: get anything out of it. It just right. means you yeah. weren't the primary audience for that. Right. And so, and I, you know, I. I I can't wait to talk to Rachel Luna because that I, I'm, I'm part of the way through her book, Permission to Offend. And that, because that's kind of that deal, right? Of like, listen, I'm going to say some things that are going to be uncomfortable for you to hear. And and we've had that conversation with a handful of people, especially this last year. We have talked about like getting over, getting over being uncomfortable, you know, embracing right. the fact that if if you're going to experience any kind of change at all, it's going to necessarily come with some discomfort. Yeah, because it's going to challenge some things about you that either you were unaware of, which is always, you know, it's, it's always a little disconcerting when when other people see things in you that you don't see. It's going to challenge your certainties. It's gonna it's going to challenge all of your assumptions. So I'm, but but I'm to the point now where I, I would much rather have those conversations. It is striking to me that I'm less uncomfortable. How's this for a weird one? I'm less uncomfortable talking about race, and I'm less uncomfortable talking about, say feminist topics and I still get weirded out talking about sex.
1: Well I think we had I, I don't remember who we talked to this about, but uh Well with with Kate Ott, with um
0: who was the one that wrote the book on purity culture. Uh Linda Linda Kate Klein, Klein yeah. So when those books when those when those topics veer not in the sort of sort of abstract way of talking about sex and maybe gender identity and sexual politics and stuff like that. But when they get when they actually get into um say sex robots and you, know, <laughs> sexual, and, and, you know, and she had some amazing points about sexual ethics. And, um, and, and even when we talked about purity culture to some, to some extent, I did feel, I'm like, Ooh, those are some places where I still, you know what I mean? I still feel myself like, like hedging my, hedging my words quite a bit more or because those are places that are, I think more deeply ingrained in us to be, um, to be
1: awkward about. Yeah. And it's, I mean, from a very young age, we were told that this is super taboo and you don't talk about this. You talk about this, maybe, you know, you you don't talk about it until you get married. And then you and your wife talk about it in the privacy of your bedroom or whatever, I guess. But if you don't talk about it prior to that, how the fuck are you guys going to talk about it in the privacy? It's like, okay, so here we are, we're married and we're sitting in this room and we're supposed to have like sex talk and you're like, I don't even know what we're I, supposed to talk yeah, about. I don't I mean So yeah, it becomes super awkward. And then then you want to talk about it in the public and everyone's and you're like, No, you don't you don't you don't talk about this yeah. in public. You you never bring this up in public. What are you talking about? And then again, it's a you know, I watch the generations after us, right? And they become more comfortable with with these hard questions. And it's hard. And also so amazingly freeing at the same time to have conversations with you know you know people like my children's age oh yeah who yes. uh, they they call out bullshit when they see bullshit so when they see racist uh, you know where in the past we might have like like well that's that's bad, but we're not gonna really call anybody out on it you know my kids generation are so they're, they're gonna call people out and they're like that's that's freaking racist yeah. what you just said and so I've taken a lot of ownership of being able to step into that kind of mode when I see, Bad shit happen. I'm I'm more willing to say, hey, we can't talk like this. Right. So, and I I'm really encouraged by the the younger generations that are coming past us who are, it, it's not even an issue for them. It's like they just call out, they call out bullshit when they when they see it, and it's it's amazing. So that's awesome. Um, the other challenge I see that we need is uh, we need to start reaching out to people of different faiths. And again, I, I, it's going to be hard and it's going to have to be intentional because again, why, why would anybody say, yeah, why, why, yeah, why would you, why would I come on? Yeah.
0: I I have an in with a guy that I think we can get on the show. So, um, a good friend of Brad Jersachs, who is a well-known Muslim peace activist. Um, That'd be cool. That'd be great. His name is Safi, Safi And I, I follow him on Facebook. The man loves Jesus. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, an amazing thing. So he's this guy trying to bridge the gap, bridge the gap between Christians and Muslims in particular, because, you know, Jesus figures prominently inside of Islam, you know? Right. So anyway, so yeah, he'd be a good guy to talk to, he'd be a good first step into that community. The other, the other people, the other person we can reach out to, and we, this sounds more like a planning session now, but Mercy Aiken has offered to put us in touch with, um, Palestinians. We yeah. need to take her up on that. So we need to talk to some Absolutely, folks who yeah. are who are who are living in that world and, and you know, walking through that minefield metaphorically and literally right. sometimes. Um, yeah, exactly. talking about, you know, those two worlds coming together. So yeah, I, I think that's a good goal for ourselves for the year. Uh see how much more diverse we can get in our guest list and see, you know, we've been we've been very fortunate that, you know, through John's efforts in particular, um, we've gotten some pretty good relationships with publishers. To to the point now where we are getting uh, requests and books unsolicited at times for guests so john will get a book or someone reaching out to him going hey we got a book coming out we'd like to interview him so that's gratifying you know that, to me that means number one it means um, they think people are listening um but also that they they feel safe that this would be a good place for their for their authors to go and promote their work um knowing that they will be they'll be respected
1: and their point of view will be shared without you know you know, that bunch of garbage. Yeah, I, I, the one that, you know, that stands out, I mean, it's, it's. I mean, I just got one a couple days ago, so um, I'm working with a, a publicist on that one right now, but the one that really sticks out for me is like, okay, this is cool, is, uh, I mean, we already knew, and I already planned to reach out to him anyway, but Pete Enns has a book coming out, I believe, in February. Yeah. February or March, I can't remember. And before I could even reach out to him, his publicist reached out to us and said, hey, do you want to copy this book? And when can he be on the podcast? Awesome. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So, yeah, he... I mean, people people are noticing um, that we, we're trying to do something, I don't want to say different, because I don't know how different we are. Uh, I, I think we are. I think, but I mean, there's, I, I was just looking because I was we were talking about, you know, and it's I, I hate patting ourselves on the back. Do I don't it, I man. really Do don't like it, Pat it. But um you know, there's a place where you can kind of see where you rank, right? So we are now in the top five percent of all podcasts worldwide, which and then they give you kind of a, a list here of how many podcasts there are. There's millions. Uh, approximately there's uh and this is uh we're the top five percent of over three million podcasts, right? So uh and obviously there's people and we can name a bunch of podcasts that are in the top 1% that we know. Um, so there, there's a, there's a goal still, but, um, just to know that we're, you know, that we're, that, and, and I think one of the reasons why we're doing well is one of the things that we discussed is, uh, we just have to be super consistent. We have to have, uh, we have to be open and honest. And, uh, when we don't know something to admit that we don't know, admit when we make mistakes and have no agenda and let, let, the, let the podcast go where it goes organically well you know and and here's our here's our other tagline john you ready
0: they 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 come for the guests but they stay for the comedy <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> <laughs> no there is something to be said for some for chemistry i've i've listened you know um you're good at you're you're good at what you do you know and uh and i feel like you and i together are 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 entertaining if nothing else um I have, I
1: have. We are the, we are the new uh, like Lewis and Martin or uh sure, Costello sure.
0: Or, oh, sure name Laurel and Hardy. I get to be the fat guy again in yeah. that one too. Thanks.
1: Hey, I'm the straight man. I'm the one that has to like uh, just like try to try to like uh, drive your jokes in a you in, in a way <laughs> just, that's like oh, you just set me up it's like yeah you set me up but I knock them down. And- <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm dumb enough to set you up with some really good ones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember listening. To, I was talking to my buddy Todd um, who listens to the podcast and. And, you know, again, you know, you know, Todd. And he was yep. like, man, I, he, he, I think it was like the first month or so we had the podcast. And he was just sort of getting into some of the people that we were wanting to talk to. And, man, he was just falling in love with Brad Juracek, right? Just yeah. Man, he was just, he was, he was, after he listened to the interview and he'd read a More Christ Like God, he was just gobbling up everything he could find online, anything. with, with and, he, and he sent me a link for a podcast where somebody had interviewed Brad. And, and I was like, that was tough. Like yeah. that was a hard one. I don't, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you have to work pretty hard to be, to make Brad not interesting. So. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. So, so all of that, listen, I don't, I'm, and I'm obviously I'm not throwing shade, and I'm not naming names. It wasn't, it was somebody I didn't know or hadn't heard of. And I was like, man, that's just, there are people out there doing this who are having, you know, measures of success. And there are those who are doing it who are struggling. So I feel lucky to be kind of in the middle of the pack there. Like, listen, I would love to have happy uh, Heretic Happy Hour's numbers. We don't. That's fine. We're in the top five percent. They're in the top one percent, and they're you know they 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 probably three or four to one as far as downloads uh, on any given. Oh note. sure, yeah. But you know that being said, they are who they are, and they're you know we we aren't interested in, in we don't we're not competing with them in that way. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But we also want we want people to come onto the show and feel like it's not just going to go out into the ether. People are going to listen, and hopefully that will result in. Publicity for what, for what work they're doing. Um, they'll see the value in, in coming on the podcast and maybe reaching a different segment of their audience. So if you're out there and you're listening and you have a book to promote, Hey, give us a call. We're always on the lookout for more, more guests. But yeah, I think it's,
1: there's a lot to look forward to next year, man. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I'd like to give a shout out real quick to our, to our private Facebook group. I think it's a, uh, we have, you know, an upper 300s in there. And I mean, I, and I, I think and we're I'm, uh, to 400 now. Are we? So. But at the same time, I mean, i yeah, I know that other. You know, there's other private Facebook groups that have it. They're in the thousands, right? And uh, and I'm not saying it wouldn't be cool to have that, but at the same time, there's still, even though there's over 300, uh, there's still like an intimacy and willingness to talk and uh, bring up subjects. And I, and, you know, I really appreciate what they have brought to the to the table. In helping us move forward, uh, they've brought up interesting topics they would like us to talk about. They've given us guest names, uh, that we've reached out to and, and got on there. Uh, so, um, if you aren't a part of our private Facebook group, you know, come and join us. You'll have, you'll have some fun. Search for us on Facebook. It's just, this is not church, private
0: group. Send us an invitation. Unless you are a, uh, known felon or serial killer, um, we will allow <laughs> you in the group. Um, we don't, we don't, I mean, it's, it's a cool, it's a, I've been a lot. I've been a part of a lot of, and I still am to some degree a part of a lot of private Facebook groups. And some of them get contentious and weird. Some of them have to. Yeah. Some of them have to be. You know, you have to have administrators who. You know, man, they have to run roughshod over people. Haven't we? Don't have that issue. So it it's been a. It's, I was worried when we started it that it would take up too much of our time. We'd have to like regulate it, and and we don't. Man, I've I think I've had one person in the entire time that. Group has been open that I've kicked out. me a friend of mine. So <laughs> hey, you come in here, show your ass, act like act a fool, be mean to people. You're gonna get the boot, man. That's just that. That was pretty much the only rule, wasn't it? Just hey, just yeah, you know, just be don't nice. be a dick. And you can pretty yeah. much say what you want and do what you want. Just you know be respectful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, other than that stick around. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. The private group is cool. We also want to give a shout out to our editor, man, because uh, oh, yeah. Eric does a bang up job and has made us sound like we know what we're doing when oftentimes we really, really don't. <laughs> um, we're also very thankful for, um, for choir, for Matt and for Keith yep. and for Ralph, yep. who, you know, was, was was the owner of choir uh, in the beginning. And he's still connected somehow. I know he's still doing artwork and stuff. I think he's still covers. Yeah, yeah, he still is. So yeah. Ralph, Ralph, I mean, Man, in the very beginning, when we were literally nothing and nobody, Ralph was Ralph was on board with with helping us and yep. connecting us with authors. And yep. um, so Ralph's a good dude, man. So yeah, we have a excellent relationships with people who are just genuinely good people, man.
1: So, yeah,
0: I'm glad that you guys stuck with us through 2022. Uh, Happy New Year! When you, by the time you listen to it, it will be
1: 2023. Yeah, and we can all be like, "Damn, we made it! We made it to another year.
0: Woo, we survived." We-
1: we went a whole hour and didn't even really talk about politics. I, I call that a win. That
0: is a win. Um, but let me just stop and end with this. Screw you, Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm kidding. Fuck, <laughs> Fuck Trump. <laughs> no, no, truck phum. Truck pump. Um If he comes back in 2024, um, yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to stay. In-
1: uh, I already have my visa uh, working out. I'm gonna, I'm moving yeah, to Canada. Mine's maxed. Oh, different visa. That's um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. You know how hard it is to get a work? Now? Okay, now oh, I mean, I'm not How hard it is to get
0: a work? visa in Canada right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I know. It's not easy. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good one. Peace.
0: All right. Until next time. Do, 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 do. Here in review. See, now I just stole the cute stuff. You just <laughs> did just. it. You just did it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to This Is Not Church. Be sure to rate and review the podcast on your platform of choice. If you would like to partner with us, visit patreon.com slash thisisnotchurch where you will receive exclusive content such as early access to episodes, videos of upcoming episodes, and live Q&A sessions. Be sure to check out our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. We'll be back soon with another episode.